Hello and welcome to Stories from House Arrest, episode three. Um, it's so great to be bringing you guys another guest this week, um, especially after a fantastic first guest in Olia last week. Um, big thank you to everybody who, who checked it out and um, sent me feedback. Honestly, it's so good to hear um, how many people connected with her story. I know I did personally. It was really inspiring stuff. Um, as for this week, though, we've got a very, very special guest, somebody who... Um, you know, from my very early days in the Brisbane music scene has, has been one of my favourites. Um, when I met the Duke, um, or Wade, I should say, um, I was playing a... I can't remember what sort of gig it was, but it was at New Globe Theatre, for those who remember it. Um, I was sick and uh, played my set, and I was literally walking out of the building ready to go home and sleep. And then I just hear this... Um, this voice just streaming through the venue and the venue was quite big. So it just caught my ear and I was like, I need to turn around and check this guy out. Uh, you know, fast forward, God, what, five years later and, um, you know, I've gotten to know Wade pretty well as a musician um, and have the chance to, to delve into his life uh, on a much more personal level as well as Caleb, um, a new guitarist of the Duke, uh, was fantastic. You know, both of them have such different backgrounds, yet have found each other and create such incredible music. The Duke's music, you have to experience it live. If you haven't had the chance, keep an eye out, go find it. He's going to obviously have music out soon, as you'll hear, but trust me, you need to experience uh, their their stage show. It's something spectacular. It's honestly my favourite in Brisbane. Um, so look, without further ado, I would like to welcome the Duke, Wade and Caleb. So how was 2020 for you fellas? 2020? Ooh. It was a tough year for me. Um, COVID and a lot of a lot of personal demons. But, yeah. No, it was all right. I think I spent COVID doing a whole bunch of recording and stuff. And then, yeah, and then coming out. It was very hard. We, were, we didn't play any gigs, hey? It was like... Not really. Everything was on lockdown for so long. And then even coming back, remember we played a show at Bearded Lady? That was like the the first gig back. It was like later in the year. Well, um, even before COVID started, you didn't play a gig until like... It's almost like August of 2019. No, then, yeah, we played... It was like Magic Pond oh, at, the end, which is like, at the end of yeah, 2019. And that was the last gig. Yeah. And we a, didn't play one. Yeah. That, yeah, because it was like, we were like, oh, I'll go away and finish this album. And then, yeah, lockdown hit. And then, like, a whole bunch of recording in lockdown. But then no gigs after. So yeah. So just kind of put everything on hiatus for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And Did, then... Did the lockdown, like when you were recording, did the circumstances like the world's in lockdown, did that affect your approach, like all your mindset going into it or was it more just business as usual, like in the studio or? No, I kind of, I, I ended up going like up, back up to like my sister's and my dad's house and just setting up a studio under their house mm. and it's just, I looked at it kind of like that. It was like, how do I spin this into a positive? Because like... It was very, like, temperamental time. You didn't know what was going to happen, you know? So yeah. I was like, all right, well, well, what do I... Like, I have music and I have my family, mm. you know? They're both very close. So 
I just went and spent time with my family and then was just, yeah, doing a whole bunch of... And it actually, it was, it was a, a breath of fresh air because mm. there was no pressure. It was like, all right, there's no gigs. So I can experiment a little bit more with just the album and poetry in the album and trying to create like a whole sort of, uh, you know, a whole... A whole, uh, what would you call it? A concept. Yeah. You know? So it did. It changed. It changed the way that I was. I was going to release the album. The album mm. was just going to be a bunch of songs. But then, it was like, okay, well, now I've got time to. Yeah. Actually, fuck with it a little bit more and and try and come up with this concept and all this stuff. So it, it worked in favor in regards to just being able to explore a lot more. Yeah with stuff so it, it did help but then coming out of it there was just no gigs once I came back to Brisbane no gigs so it was kind of uh, okay there's no rush anymore mm. yeah know? so and at the start of it, it it did help a little bit but then it kind of yeah it kind of ended up going full circle and being a bit of a negative thing because it was yeah. like well what's the point what's yeah. the point of getting the album out so many so much music was getting released during COVID and I feel like it just came and went, you know, people listened yeah. to it a little bit and then just threw it at the wayside. So yeah, it was very strange. And then even coming back to gigs, mm. I wasn't, I wasn't having fun playing gigs. Like yeah. part of the whole thing with the Duke, it's like getting people moving and dancing yeah. and all this stuff. So it was like, we played a bunch of shows where it was like people just sitting down staring you know where I would usually act like a wild man and Mm. jump around and rolling on the floor and doing all this knocking over a mic yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it was very hard to do that in front of people all just sitting there and staring at you yeah it's so weird eh yeah so it kind of like yeah it kind of turned me off a little bit just Mm. being like well let's just not play as many shows until shit's back to normal you know yeah yeah so did it affect your writing when you came out like after the studio when you're like what the fuck's going on um did you were you did you use it as inspiration or was it just a bit of a shell shock in terms of like it was hard to write during that time or yeah i think like at the start it was because i was so focused on the album and trying to record it wasn't like i wasn't doing much writing Mm. you know and so it yeah. kind of like, yeah, I like, like, I think, yeah, because music sort of took away, like, it took the back burner, just started living life a little bit more yeah. outside of music, which in, which in turn, down the track helped with mm. writing, because I just started doing a bit of wild living, so it was like, oh, okay, now this, I can use this, but at the time, it was like, yeah, it was like, I didn't really... It was very hard to find inspiration, you know? It yeah. was like... A lot of reading, inspir- like internal inspiration, but not... Mm. not They didn't come out, you know? And then in it kind of ended up me working with Caleb a little bit more from mm. that. It was kind of like... Like, okay, uh, I've got... Like, I've been writing, words writing, but songwriting-wise... Yeah, I was. It turned me off a little bit, you know. Yeah. And so, I think like in retrospect, down the track, I ended up just teaming up with him and being like, okay, from now on, 
you know, I might, I might have one or two songs, but let's get together and collaborate a little bit more, which had never really happened in the past a lot, you know, it was the way that I would bring songs and then work on that. So yeah, you it, would teach me the songs. Yeah, you know, so it yeah. did, it fully changed, which now is such a massive positive thing because it's like now we're working together and creating this stuff which is like so different yeah. from what I would be able to do on my own, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it was like my, my personal songwriting just was just out the window, you know? Yeah. But then, it, yeah, it opened up this uh, this collaborative thing, which is now making things very exciting. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. a beautiful thing within itself. Is like, because you never stopped writing. Yeah, like you you were writing through the whole period of time. It was just like you stopped making the music. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is awesome. Like I love being able to come up with riffs and being able to be like let's let's do this let's turn it into yeah. something bigger something more than yeah what it is yeah something and refreshing yeah you know yeah, so, definitely. yeah and i think we work really well together in that sort of sense like i understand you well enough and you understand me well enough yeah for us to come up with a beautiful piece of art yeah definitely you know and, and again like like because i put the guitar down now and then it just gave me free reign to like as we're collaborating mm. like Caleb's got reins of the guitar so I could I could start to experiment with melodies and yeah, not focusing on singing while I'm playing guitar and stuff yeah because yeah, that's one thing within itself mm. is playing guitar and singing is you're very restricted to what your brain can do you like it's so hard to separate the, the what your physical self is doing and what your vocal self is yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. You're like, limiting both. Yeah. So it's like once you separate them and he took control of the guitar, I have control of the vocals and stuff, and then you mix them together. Now yeah. we're both working at a higher level. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we, we definitely got to make things a lot more exciting and then incorporate everyone else coming in and adding stuff on top of that. It's like the music is so... Um, yeah, so different, so different, and uh, yeah, definitely way, way more interesting. Actually. Yeah, awesome. Well, really collaborative. Yeah. yeah. Like even ideas that I have, just bringing them forward to the rest of the band is like takes it in this whole other other direction that is just so awesome to be a part of because mm-hmm. then you're just like that's awesome would have never thought of that that is sick like yeah yeah maybe that to the moment we we work something out with this like yeah yeah just being able to workshop something rather than being like here's your part here's your part here's your part here's the demo we should all listen to the demo first yeah. like it's it's a it's a lot more fun for yeah. everyone it makes it, it makes everyone be like I'm valued in yeah. this band. Like, yeah. like I have an opinion sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, and, is, and the music shows that. Hey, yeah. It's like, now it's like we, we, we come up with these songs now and it's just like, oh my God, this sounds like nothing I've ever heard, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like all these different influences and stuff. So negative at the start, but now it's definitely a massive positive and making things very interesting. 
you know? Yeah, definitely. Sometimes it takes such a big change. Uh, obviously, not normally on a fucking world scale yeah. um, to to find something new and 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 something exciting and yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, That's I feel like with the whole like pre-COVID, like a lot of the people I knew was just like gig, 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 gig. Yeah. And exactly. then it's like everyone was forced to like take a step back and then it was just like like for most of the people I know we gig constantly because we love doing that it's like it's like fixed to us it's just like this is like an amazing feeling yeah but it's also realising that it's like less is more yeah 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 exactly like the less you play the more demand you have the more demand you have the bigger your shows are. Yeah. The bigger shows are, the more money you can make off those shows. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's almost like a snowball, snowball effect. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's yeah. a bit shit at the moment because it's like, you can't sell out venues to full capacity. Yeah. Know? Even still. At least yeah. they can yeah. sell 40 tickets, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. In saying that, it's also a good opportunities for smaller local bands because these larger venues can't sell out to full capacity, this is our chance to get a foot in the door. Yeah. yeah. To be like, here's what we're about. Like, here's, like, your capacity is limited. Like, we can sell that out. Like, we can make you yeah, we can money, yeah. money on that. Yeah. So it's like, it's a good opportunity for these smaller bands to be able to get their foot in the door, but also shit for the venues because it's like, they can't. They can't operate it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a catch-22. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys um, both grow up in, like, musical households, or did you discover music, like, later in life? Yeah, for me, um, like, my parents were massive fans of music. They were kind of very hippie-ish, in a sense. Like, they moved around a lot, and they, like definitely went and watched the, the amount of bands that my parents talk about that they've seen it's insane you know mm. like watch people from Elton John to David Bowie and oh, wow. my mom used to hang out with Dragon and stuff in New <laughs> Zealand so they were always talking about music we always had biographies and a lot of music at home my mom was kind of like more 60s 70s sort of vibe my dad always kind of just liked real like sort of 70s disco stuff and then like mm. 80s dad rock stuff you know and so they were it was, they were always like talking about music and we're always reading about it and stuff like that but no one ever really played music like it's a very strange thing to find myself being a singer where singing in our household wasn't a real thing mm. like I remember when I was first first learning I had to wait for everyone to leave the house and I was so paranoid that one of my family would hear me <laughs> singing the, you know I'm like singing in my house and like checking them pulling the blinds back like are they back yet you know <laughs> so it was so strange uh, to find myself in a position where I'm, I'm actually a singer now you know so and like my mom was pushing me to get guitar lessons when I was real young and I was, mm. I was like nah that's 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 nerdy mom I'm not doing that <laughs> you know and then and then my dad like when I got older, I would hit my dad up to take to get guitar lessons, yeah. and it just wasn't really on an agenda. But they always had an idea of like, 
like no matter what you want to do Wade if, if you're just happy you know then pursue yeah. it you know so it's the moment where I told them I wanted to be a musician they were like 100% trying to back me but yeah there was no like you know you always hear stories of like the family gathering around the piano and singing songs yeah. and stuff like that like yeah we didn't have any of that I feel like my family probably would have been a little bit more judgmental if you tried to do it like yeah you know? but now yeah definitely full support and yeah, I have no um, no qualms with singing in front of them now. Yeah, know, for sure. What about you, Caleb? Same sort of deal. Like, Dad would tell me stories of when he was younger. He used to play violin. Yeah. And he would sing in choir. But when I was a kid, it was he he didn't play. He didn't really sing. Yeah. But he was an avid fan of music, more so like classic rock and like nineties revival sort of thing. Like yeah, yeah. Like a lot of like alternative rock, and that's sort of what I grew up on. Like thrash metal as mm-hmm. well. Like he loved Metallica, and that was like one of the first gigs I ever went to. Nice was and Metallica. Yeah, yeah. Well, first gig I ever went to was Foo Fighters. Oh yeah. He loves Foo Fighters. And that was like the first gig I went to. Second gig was Metallica. Uh, yeah, never really like no no one played an instrument. Like I was the first one in the family to play an instrument, and I always, from a kid, wanted to play drums. Yeah, I was like avid on being a drummer, and I got to primary school, and you know when they're like, uh, like you can choose to play an instrument sort of thing. Mm. had no idea what percussion was yeah <laughs> didn't know what percussion was so like didn't choose that and actually like didn't get accepted to play an instrument and then a couple months later the school was like oh we actually don't have enough trumpet players do you want to play trumpet and I was like yeah I'll play trumpet and was like loved it for a bit for about three years so then I just got to this point where I was like, I don't like concert band stuff. Uh, I don't like what I'm doing. And to this day, regret the fact that I stopped playing the trumpet because I didn't realise that you can just play a different style of trumpet. (laughs) Like, you don't have to play concert band stuff. So I just stopped playing trumpet. Wanted drums for ages, was pastoring mum and dad for drums drum kit and for my 15th birthday they got me a guitar so I was like ah might as well like I got a guitar might as well learn how to play the guitar yeah yeah why not (laughs) just learnt from YouTube yeah yeah and fell in love with it fell in love with the way that I could express myself in a way that I felt comfortable yeah. with expressing myself. Like, I had never experienced that before. Mm. And I was, like, instantly fell in love with it. Man, you know, like, um, this is, this I, is awesome. I had a guitar. We had one guitar in the house that had one string on it. And I could play uh, three songs just for, like, years. And it was, the, like, the intro to Batman, like, 60s Batman. <laughs> <laughs> um, Smoke on the Water. And Seven Nation Army. Yeah. And I'll just play this on the bottom E string 
like just over and over again for years. It was just like, you want to hear a song? My friend would come around and I'd play these three songs. And that was it, you know? It wasn't until later. And it didn't even become a bassist. That's basically playing yeah. bass, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So when you... um. So when you told your parents you wanted to do music, like, what was the catalyst for that? Like saying, fuck, I really want to give this music thing a crack. Yeah, I think like my dad was just kind of like, my mom was just had sort of like the mentality of like, do it, Wade, you'll be a rock star. You know, you like, I believe in you. You can be a rock star. But my dad was kind of like more analytical with it. Like, well, you need to go get some lessons and you need to work hard at it and if you're going to do it, like, he, even still now, he, he sort of entrenches in me, like, well, if you've got to be making money doing it, you know, if you're going to do it, do it properly. Mm-hmm. And so it was like these two sort of, two uh, different realms of where they're coming from, you know, my mum's sort of this, like, yeah, just go away and, you know, you'll be the biggest star in the world. And then, yeah, so I think, like, my, my, my dad was kind of just like, all right, well, you know, go and find someone to teach you. And, and found this blues guy called Mojo and I used to drive over and go and get lessons off him and stuff and the more that I kept putting effort in the more that he was on board with it you know and then yeah, yeah. and then my mum was just like wow oh you're playing a show I'm coming and, you know, yeah that's my son up there and it was kind of like more like proud mum but yeah yeah nice yeah and when, when did it go from that to becoming the Duke so the Duke just came about by, I was in a band and we had recorded all these songs with this guy in a shed and um, the rest of the band, well half of the band went and travelled Europe for ages and so while I was in the studio with this guy, um, I would just, he had, I didn't know anything about recording at the time so I would just pick up his instruments and he would add these effects and stuff and then I just started recording these demos with him and because it was like a solo project that's mm-hmm. what it seemed like this side solo project yeah and so I was just recording these crazy songs and and it was like because it, it wasn't collaborative because the band was gone it was like yeah. oh, alright this is this is what I want to make you know and so I started recording this stuff with him and at that time I, I got a laptop and and could record a little bit at home like I had a little bit of knowledge and so I would just do these demos and stuff and then my friend was like oh you, you should put it up on SoundCloud and I was like oh okay and so yeah it just became I was like well I don't want to I don't want the band to know that I'm doing this solo stuff so I'll give myself an alias <laughs> and then that way I can just release this stuff and no one will know that it's me and so I think yeah that's the Duke just formed there because it was like well if I name it the Duke it can be anyone or anything yeah. you know and like I always kind of at the start was like I wanted to do a um, kind of more uh, electronic rock and roll based project I don't know why it didn't even sound like that <laughs> that was the dream like some kind of modern music that no one had ever heard and then yeah just as it snowballed you know people heard demos and you know the band fell apart and people started getting involved and stuff like that and it was like the yeah. name was already there so and then through that 
back with playing with bands then it started heading back towards more of a 60s vibe and stuff but yeah yeah the name was just there so it just sort of yeah just snowboard from there just had to pick a name at the last minute oh fuck and now and it's stuck yeah well kind of I think like I was joking around when we named it with the guy the recording guy when he was like he's like what should I name it and we were just talking about how like how like the he's always like the king of pop you know mm. like Michael Jackson or the king of rock and roll Elvis and then I was like we had a conversation about like Prince and it was like I, I remember saying to him like well I wonder if Prince named himself Prince because of that like because of the king of rock and roll and he was like well the king's already taken so I'll just be Prince you know I wonder yeah. if it was like the prince of rock and roll and I was like I remember saying to him jokingly well well fuck it I'll be the duke of rock and roll man <laughs> it's like down the chain you know and so we were just I was just like call it the duke man and then yeah I don't know just kind of like yeah from there just stuck yeah nice mm. and um so you recently started acting classes. Yeah. So how does that, like, what what made you want to get into into acting? Well, yeah, I've, like, before I got into music, I, I really wanted to be an actor. And so it's like I got into music by getting a job at a youth space, putting gigs on. And that mm. was meant to supplement, like, my acting. So I was going to get this job make a bunch of money and then that'll pay for like portfolio and mm. you know, management and all this stuff for acting and then through that it was like my little glimpse of the world of music which I, I always wanted to do it but it was like I had no idea what it was so yeah I was in this world of like it was like event management and booking these bands and I was like holy shit this is what I what I want to do so it was always there and then once I started playing and stuff it was there was always a theatrical element I always yeah. figured like if I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna be the lead singer like I like I know the art of playing a character or playing something on stage you know yeah so I, I was always trying to morph those two things and then you know obviously music just snowballed and just took me away and so recently, I think because of like, and because of COVID as well, yeah. like, you know, everything falling down into like, there's no gigs and it's just me recording. Yeah. I was like, well, man, it'd be good to pursue acting because it, it is a solo thing, especially like specifically for film, you know, it's like stage is very similar, like, you know, plays and stuff, very similar to being in a band. Yeah. You rehearse with a cast for weeks and weeks and then you start, you know, you start playing shows and yeah. stuff like that. So I was kind of like, well, oh, man, like this film acting stuff, I can, I can do it as like a, a solo artist, you know, I can, yeah. I can go audition for parts and stuff like that. And so it was kind of like music trying to figure out how do I audition for these parts and stuff. And, um, yeah, I needed training to do it. A lot of like the, the, the big companies that do these auditions for these, you know, Hollywood films and stuff yeah. being filmed here in Queensland, they there's prerequisites that you need and, you know, it's mm. training and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, went and found, you know, one of the best schools in Australia and was like, I don't know if I can get in, but I'll audition for it. And then once I auditioned, it was like I got in and yeah, so it was like, oh, okay. 
and now I can uh, start to pursue this as well. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Almost Jay's on the perfect time to do it as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, one of my mates, um, she's in, she's like, um, got a main role in the new Mortal Kombat film. Oh, oh sick. Yeah. That was like filmed. Like in, in Australia. A, yeah, in Adelaide, yeah, or South Australia, yeah. yeah. And it's like so many films are just coming over to Australia. Yeah. A, for the fact of, like, great location. Like, yeah. it's, like, for the most part, like, pretty good lighting outside. Yeah. Like, most of the time. Yeah. And, like, like especially now with COVID. It was happening a bit before COVID. Like, a lot of Hollywood films were sort of coming over to the Gold Coast. And yeah. Yeah. a lot of, like, filming was happening in the Gold Coast. But, like, now with COVID and, like, with, like, Australia and, like, Queensland having laws where they can allow these films to happen. Yeah. They... Um, I'm not actually too sure, but I'm assuming that, like, California and Hollywood would not have, like, the laxed laws that Queensland have. The exchange rate as well. It's like if you get a a large uh, US budget and then you bring it to Australia. It's 30% off because of our weak currency. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then because of the tourism and stuff, like, the government are using these subsidies where they'll pay... They'll pay, mm. you know, add into it and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. So it's definitely the right climate to do it. Definitely. I was speaking to a dude who does um, audiovisual for movies. Yeah, and yeah. he's... He went from no work last year to his work until August 2022. Yeah, booked. really? So he's, in, he's got basically two years booked. Yeah. Um, just because basically that all the work's coming here. It's... Um, yeah. It's awesome. It's great yeah. for for yeah, like, great for Aussies. For yeah, the economy and like yeah, there's like that's what they they reiterate this at uh, acting school. Like now is the best time than ever to be an actor in Australia. Yeah, you know because some of the clauses they have when they sign these films is like yeah. you have to use, you know, a certain percent uh, per, per, percentage. Sorry, um, of local local uh you know people like behind the scenes and actors and stuff like that so yeah definitely yeah, it's the best time but which I, I i didn't like obviously i was like oh there's hollywood films coming here yeah again, but yeah i think it's more just like a personal thing Something yeah I could definitely do on my own. yeah yeah and i think if anyone's ever seen you live like you clearly you've got that presence of an actor on stage you you very... definitely you play the part of of the the, the singer you know yeah. you're not just the singer and i think that's, I think there's really two types of musicians. There's the ones who just play and there's the ones who perform. And yeah. you've definitely got... Well, you've got both, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's sick. No, it'd be cool to see how that goes um, and obviously see where you take it, man. Yeah, you definitely. could be the next uh, the next Johnny Cage in uh, the next Mortal Kombat film. Yeah, hopefully. Fuck it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the pay is definitely better than music. That's oh, for sure. Don't they pay an exposure too? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The good shit. That'll be worth more than the Aussie dollar soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exposure becomes a new fucking currency. The new crypto. Yeah, crypto, yeah. <laughs> that should, that's how they should pay us. They should just make a, a crypto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I just wanted to end it with uh, a question for you both. Um, what's something or someone that you're you're grateful for in your life? You want to go? Oh, yeah. Well... I'm I'm just grateful uh, 
to be alive really like there's so many alive and healthy you know Mm. it's like we're so lucky to just be here in Australia you know we have uh, like we I think we take we take for granted what we've got you know it's like and I'm not mentioning just like the way COVID is you know Mm. the way the, the rest of the world is dealing with it but just with how much freedom we have and you know what we can yeah. do it's like every single day you wake up it's just like the possibilities are endless you know we've we've, we've been born here or living here we are we're just like one of the luckiest countries in the, on the planet you know so yeah I agree yeah to, to not live life to the fullest is is like a slap in the face for the chances that we've been given just by actually yeah. being here you know mm. So, you know, everyone has good days and bad days and it's easy mm. to be happy one day and then sad the next and, you know, focus on these negative elements you have in your life. But yeah. when the big picture, you know, when you look at the big picture, just to be walking around and healthy, you know, yeah, that's just something that's, that's I'm, I'm grateful for that, you know, laying yeah. in bed at night with a roof over your head and yeah. fresh water coming out of a tap and yeah. food in the fridge, a little bit of money in your pocket. And being able to express yourself with yeah. art and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. It's just like, we're extremely lucky, you know? And yeah. I think that's for me. That's what I'm grateful for. Fuck yeah. As, like, cliche as it sounds, I'm obviously grateful of my parents. Like, it's quite rare that you get parents that actually support you in a wild endeavor as to pursue music and yeah. try and make that as your main essentially source of income mm-hmm. yeah like that's essentially to the point where I want to get I just want to be able to live off music yeah and be able to do, do what I love and be reciprocated for that yeah. yeah but my parents come to pretty much every gig or any gig they can't make mm. it like yeah can't say that about anyone else I know yeah well and that's like that's just awesome but okay. also I'm so grateful for everyone I've met along the journey because mm. I would also not be in the position that I am if I didn't meet half the people Wade Drew a whole bunch of other people like yeah like I like when I started my journey I was real young and also real lucky that I could start it at like I was 17 mm-hmm. when I started playing live gigs but like the people I've met along the way have allowed me to grow into the person that I am today and I am so grateful for that because in a as least of an egotistical way as possible I love myself and I love the people around me like, yeah I think the people I surround myself are awesome loving caring supporting people which allows me to be the person I am today and allows me to grow in a positive way like mm. yeah and what a great person you are <laughs> Steve you. and Terry would be uh, very pleased I hope so <laughs> well they are he's got so. the he does have the coolest parents yeah I've ever met 
Well, hopefully when they hear this, they're happy for the, the rap you just gave them. Well, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the Widener. I folk. love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> I love you guys too. I don't even know you, but I love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on, guys. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me.